He places the bag in the cup. Oh, delightful. The water goes in the cup. Pay attention now, housewives, so you know how to make a cup of tea for your man. Oh, no, wait a minute. He's already made the tea. Give a fook. Give a fook. Clouds. Apples. Biscuits. Religion. Fook. Fook. Desk. Migration. Films of the 1930s. Spending your money. Shoes. Scented candles. <laughs> Welcome to this episode of Two Fooks, where we discuss what to give a fook about. In your busy lives, rating it from 1 to 10 on the Fook score. I'm Marius, and actually, right in front of me is... Ow! Right in front of you! Right in front of me! Sat here, with my microphone nicely placed. It's a microphone! So I can see you clearly! Good morning. You can see clearly now. The rain has gone. Has gone. Of which there has been. A lot. I can see all obstacles in my way. Maybe not figuratively speaking, but yeah. perhaps literally speaking. Yeah. Um, Marius, it's wonderful to be with you here. It's wonderful. Yet again, yeah. as you shovel nuts into your mouth. Mm, mm, mm. Like a nut-fueled maniac. Yep. Like a protein bomb. Mm-hmm. Oh, so delicious. Are they good? Nom, 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 I wonder nom. what you listeners are snacking on, if you're snacking on anything whilst you're listening, or what you're thinking about snacking on, or what have you been snacking on. My... Or just what you're doing. Yeah, what are you doing? What are you doing? Stop what you're doing. Start it again. I would like for all of your listeners on this episode to write or comment on our last picture what you're doing while you're listening to us right now. On any available platform. Yeah. I've got a question for you. Shoot. Um, I won't be shooting. <laughs> no. Shoot your question. Aha. <clears throat> question shooting. Do you have my, a question gun with my, you? Uh-huh. Do you have your question gun with you? I do, but I've been thinking about the metaphor of guns and loaded, and I would prefer to perhaps have a uh, a, a more uh, non-weapon metaphor uh, for my question. So I will maybe uh, have a... Um, throw it at me. I'm going to throw it at you, <laughs> which can still be done violently, but yeah. I will still throw it. Dunk, using a... dunk your question in my uh, question basket. <laughs> I will be doing that. <laughs> right, you ready? NBA style. Here it comes. I'm coming across the court, past the three-point line. <laughs> oh, I'm I'm gonna I'm in the end. Here comes the question. <laughs> Backboard shatters. Both my mum and my wife asked when I mentioned you wear kilts. Mm-hmm. Why? Are you Scottish? D- d- I d- d- You're neither not- my wife nor my mum sounds like that. But <laughs> is it Scottish? Is it Scottish? Does he have a bagpipe I like? Uh, is there a reason why you wear kilts? Um, please elaborate. They are comfortable. Mm-hmm. I can, as you know, I'm wearing kilt when I'm cleaning windows. Mm-hmm. When I'm cleaning windows. George Formby. Mm-hmm. 
main reason for that mm. is the town where we are both living. There's a lot of people cleaning windows, and I want to stand out. Interesting. That's the only reason. Where did you get the idea for that? You could have had a pink Mohican. You could have worn a bright pink jacket. I don't know why a lot of pink. There's already a guy doing that. Okay. Why didn't... <laughs> why the kill? Where did that specific idea come from? So I used to work with a guy where I come from. Mm. We were cleaning windows. Mm. When he, he's cleaning windows. When we were cleaning windows. Uh, and he said, oh, when I used to work in Oslo, we had all these work or the um, carpenter kilts on, mm. like uh, work clothing kilts. Yeah. Okay. And then I was like, hmm, I what, want like, that. Uh, uh, instead of trouser or shorts. Yeah, they had like one time they had like eight or Nine guys all wearing black kilts okay. from a Swedish company called Ablo Kläder. Okay. Um, Do kilts exist in the history of Norway or the Nordics? I don't know, actually. I'm not sure. We have to do some Googling and... Yeah. Kilt research. Oi, Google! Did kilts exist in early Nordic countries? It didn't respond to that. Maybe you didn't like my tone. Try one more time. Google, do kilts exist? You need to say, hey, Google. Hey, Google. Did kilts nope. exist in early Nordic countries? Try now. Hey, Google. Did kilts exist in early Nordic countries? This is a ridiculous exercise. Google is ridiculously useless. Um, right. So, kilts, you got the, you associated that idea with that, and then you took it a leap further, and you have one with a blue pattern on. I'm sure we can actually find out what kilt that is, what pattern that is, what it's, it's called. It's grey. Black, okay. black and grey, and yeah. Because yeah. they all have, I have Scottish roots. Do you? In the Campbell family. So and you there have is like actually a, a Campbell uh, plaid mm -hmm. uh, based on that for that because they all the spacing of lines and different colors clans. is all to do with different families and clans and stuff. Yeah. Um, but my mum and my wife were both interested, so mm -hmm. now I can tell them. Yeah. That it is a marketing stunt. <laughs> <laughs> Basically, so I started with like uh, a green uh, gardener kilt mm -hmm. from Blue Clader. Blow yeah. Blow Clader. Mm -hmm. Have you seen the Blow Clader commercial no. a few years ago? No. Uh, a Swedish guy asked a uh, English speaking person about what he thought about the um, brand. Right. And then he was going to say the name. Mm -hmm. It was like Blow Clader. Blow Clader. And then the Swedish guy was like, no, it's Blow Clader. <laughs> he was annoyed he couldn't pronounce it right that's how you hammer that name into the public's memory yeah Blokladder. it's good to do <laughs> so now we know and anybody who sees a guy washing windows with a kilt that's me you know that's mine there's two fooks so give him a fook give him a burp burp give him two thumbs up and uh share take, that a take a picture and <laughs> share it on social media yeah. but don't stand underneath him because you might get more than you're bargaining for 
Bagging for? Oh, oh, oh. We must remember this is an adult program, so yeah. we can say things like that without doing comedy sort of. Oi, oi! Oi, oi! Oi, oi, Mizzin! No, so I started with the green kilt and then I went to the store and got a all black kilt. Mm. It was the carpenter kilt. Mm. And it oh. was like the extra pockets and it was just yeah. too heavy so then i ordered a um the kilt i have now the mm. black and gray one mm. from sport kilt sport kilt yeah mm. it's a comfort for all your sporting kilt needs yeah mm. i'm it's, guessing that is a real need yeah it's a company in America. Oh, why isn't it Scottish? You should be buying Scottish. I have a Scottish kilt at home. Maybe Sport Kilt is owned or operated by people with Scottish heritage. Hopefully. Hopefully. Let's hope so. I would like... I have the the proper kilt at Mm. home. Um, But I would like, like the full kilt suit thing. That would be nice. I look forward to seeing that dream come true. Yeah. I really Maybe do. next May 17th, oh. I will be um, wearing my kilt. Uh, some, I've seen a couple of other kilts on 17th of May, that's for sure. So In have Stavanger. I. Yeah. Um, I also was told my wife uh, saw a guy come into Ikea with what looked to be a kilt repurposed out of Ikea workwear. Which she was a bit baffled by. Really? Yeah. Here? Yeah. In Stavanger? Mm. Which was interesting. She hmm. she noticed it and then it came up the conversation of uh, your attire. 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 Which isn't attire. But how did that come in the conversation about me? <laughs> Wearing a kilt? No, your mom has been yeah. listening to yeah, it was that. the yeah, podcast. Been, my, my mom is listening to the podcast. Hey, mom. Hey, mom. Hey, moms. Hey, moms. Yeah. Right. Following on from our previous episode, in which the mighty Marius brought up the topic of hobbies, it was discussed at length and to great hilarity by all, listeners included. I brought today painting the book, as a hobby. Painting as a hobby by Adrian Hill. Uh, bought, I think, by my grandfather for my mother at some point. In it doesn't look brand new. That's for sure. It isn't. It was printed in nineteen sixty. Let's have a quick look here. Oh, nineteen fifty nine. Ooh, almost right. nineteen sixty. We have talked at length about hobbying. You've listened to our previous episode. Listeners, hobbies is an important thing, uh, which has maybe dropped out of our con- sort of discursive psyche of what, how important it is to do a pursuit that might actually be more important than the job and the things that you do anyway. Therein lies the spirit. Uh, Adrian Hill's introduction in painting as a hobby, particularly for me, was like, I have rarely read someone so engaged with uh, describing how serious it is to do a hobby. So this is for painting, but I think you can apply this to anything. Uh, Ready? Ready. Introduction. The desire to draw and paint, especially paint, is one of the most natural and rewarding forms of self-expression known to man. 
The ability to satisfy this aim may happily spring from a natural gift, or it may be acquired only by diligent application to the rules and regulations. In either case, the enjoyment derived from producing something personal can stand the test of time and can come to the amateur's aid when other recreations fail for lack of a progressive policy. For with painting it is true to say that the more you know, the more there is to learn, and having reached a certain level of proficiency, the greater the ambition to achieve a higher degree of artistic and technical skill. Moreover, the art of painting, being a creative activity, offers continual openings for widening the means of pictorial communication by which what is strongly felt can be stated with greater authority. This in turn encourages and stimulates the spirit of adventure, without which the life of any painted work will wither and die. Hmm. Oh my goodness. Adrian Hill. If that isn't happening for any hobby you're doing, you're not taking it seriously enough. You should do something else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. It is that serious. Yeah. Uh, it. I mean, uh, oh my goodness me. Um, I, uh, that makes me, if I'm going to make a mark on a piece of paper or write a word or think about something, that's like, it should be done with such sense of enjoyment and honesty and conviction. Passion. 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 Um, and on that note of passing on, I will pass. Such as a... Is it a, is it a fook, baby? It's you a fook loaf. It's a fook loaf. It's a freshly baked fook loaf oh, from the oven of fook. It looked like you were holding a fook baby. Well, I can give a fook baby. <laughs> fook Would you like to take care of the fook baby I'll, today? I'll take care of the fook here's baby. The, oh, hold his head. Uh, Come, uh, there you go. Oh, he oh, just spit you. up a little bit. It's all I right. Had, just wipe I have to change up. his fook diapers. <laughs> it's fine. It's all good fook. It's, 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 all, it's only natural. It's only natural fooks. Yep. So the baby's with you for you to sing a song of fook. Pence, a pocket full of fook. <laughs> Four and twenty fook fooks baked in a fook. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, kick it off. Kick it off. I have some interesting topics, but I don't know too much about them. Okay. But let's go with one of them. Okay. It is a discussion. Yeah, it is. This isn't a um, fun topic. Mm. We talked about... On our food boost, mm. you mentioned Hong Kong. Mm. And then that got me thinking about... Have you heard about Cage City in Hong Kong? No. Cage City. Cage City. No. Hong Kong has a lot of people. Mm. Or China in general. And there's a lot of poor people mm. living in China. Right. Mm. There are people literally living in cages because it's too expensive for them to live somewhere else. It's like they have, it's, it's barely two meter wide and maybe a meter deep. Not something I've heard about or seen. They can't even stand up. They can, lay in there and they can sit up and that's where that's their house it's just stacked upon each other bizarre i know how did you come about this there was a guy from florida that i know he was selling some nutrition he, he made like these 
this nutrition company thingy. Nutrition. N- nutrition. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Uh, and he talked about selling to poor countries and for poor people so they can get the proper nutrition they mm. needed. And then he started talking about something about Cage City. Okay. And um, just the poor conditions these people has to go through oh. in everyday life. Oh. You've never heard about that? I've never heard about it. it the only th- the things that pop into my head are um, th- any bits of information that I have accrued in previous um, weeks in discussions about um, the Far East and China, um, the conversation which we referred to on a previous episode um, about the infringement of um, civil rights and the uh, the sort of the per- person rating that people get um, which can affect their ability to uh, participate in uh, economic things or their property ratings or their um, their social interactions are basically marked or judged yeah. and that is made accessible to the government The Fuchs will be right back after this short break. So the social rating uh, degrees and also thinking about stuff like um, the population density, like you said, which encourages the culture of the um, pod hotels where people can sleep in a small space. But, but but I did not quite get this side of the dynamic that you're describing now. And I will just, for our listeners, bring up that uh, Marius has now brought up um, some pictures of what he's describing. Um, which is, as you would think, suitably alarming. Um people elder people um sat uh, inside as you said cage spaces um with a few personal belongings um and yeah so, so what do we do with this so here's from daily mail an article about it um it says here, Hong Kong's forgotten cage, caged dogs pays about 1,500 Hong Kong yen a year, which is 117 pounds, to live in a city whose small size and high population pushes the rent on even a tiny flat out of the reach of its poorest residents. The poverty-stricken people keep their clothes and photos of loved ones next to filthy blankets in their cages, which measures, which measure six feet long and between two and a half feet and three feet wide, and are stacked on top of each other. Mm. Some of them can't not stretch their legs out straight and are forced to sleep curled up in a ball. Now I will point out that you're reading that from uh, an article from the mail which for any english listeners has a 
political and cultural angle of its own just in its journalistic tone that's worth mentioning um but i think this is an interesting dynamic not just for the topic uh of this um caged city is that what you described it as caged city yeah um, we can we can put there's um, but also I mean short documentaries on YouTube. Okay. We can put a link to that yeah. in the uh, show notes. Uh, I think it also presents an interesting dynamic in at least in terms of discussing, um, or the, the 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 effort of discussion um, in how how does one even engage with something like this, uh, both from our western perspective um can can we understand this no no not at all what do we do what like how how do we tackle uh it it's an existential matter it is a matter of it's happening right now living yeah which is happening right now it, it the same degree to which we are uh living here all people in uh difficulty or poverty or um persecution are living in the same time frame as we are and, and at the same time this is going on yeah and simultaneous with that is the strata of society around places like this that continue to grow i think i heard that something to do with tackling a a suggestion to tackle climate change and increased population is developing the concept of population dense living because i don't i can't remember how it was reasoned out that it that it is necessary to optimize living space in concentrated places uh, instead of building uh, sprawling networks of homes out into a landscape. Uh, It's more efficient, and maybe this is where a term comes in, if you look at the precedent for high-rises, for prisons, for hotels, for boarding houses, uh, these are dense population units. Yeah. Um, a prison is not made to be uh, thriving in <laughs> thriving in it, and it's also built to be as cost efficient as possible yeah uh, this is like an extreme this is angle of how these are even people worse can live yeah these are even worse than prisons absolutely uh, but it is a civil uh, it is a it is a part of the society yeah which essentially then would have far less rights freedoms and personal dignity than a prison in the west true yeah um where there is access to reading material fresh air a bed um there's a little bell in my head saying i don't know that for a fact but i because i haven't been in a prison here in Norway to see it as a facility, but I, th- uh, from what I understand, I have visited people in in jail. Okay, and 
they have everything they need. Yeah. I mean, there's different levels of securities in like the prison system here. And before, depending on how long you're going to do your sentence, uh, the last part before you get out, it's like a um, open prison, they call it, mm-hmm. where it's just one building with a lot of rooms and there's a kitchen where all of the inmates can have all of their food and everything and there's yeah. everything you, that's normal for a kitchen. Creature comforts yeah. that one needs. And they can go out during daytime to go to school or like if they have anything specific they can do mm. that will help them for when they get out. They have a bedroom with they can have a computer, they can have a TV, they can have or Xbox or PlayStation. Mm. They don't have internet. Mm. Of course, but they can have friends over and which at least from a discussing point of view puts a really weird dynamic on it yeah because that suggests that one an individual can willfully consciously deliberately uh break the law and find themselves in a a facility that is absolutely comfortable for living may even be more comfortable than what you been used to yeah on the um, outside if you if if one was an individual who actually wanted uh, some respite and protection in inverted commas from the outside world then that would be preferable yeah in comparison to something like the um cage city which you brought up here which seems like an extreme persecution or punishment of members of regular society simply based on the Money. overdevelopment yeah. of the society in which they're living. Yeah. So the, these are all people who can't work anymore mm. but they can't afford to live outside these cages. I noticed in a um when we spoke a little while ago around the time of the election or uh in here in norway yeah um uh, one of the cases is i think a program to make a lot of the hospital and elderly care facilities more centralized larger and cut down on things like home help and uh, smaller um, doctor's centers around the community and try and bring them all into bigger facilities. Um, and, I mean, essentially, the the reason I picked up on that and the reason I'm kind of making a parallel here is it is more cost-efficient to centralize and organize um, municipal uh, services whether they be hospital or police or whatever yeah, yeah, in one big building and close the 10 that are around in the community Yeah, um, this again is a a long 
far cry from what we're talking about here in Hong Kong. Um, but since this is even like a political mandate in the local elections here, do you want us to close all of these smaller doctors' practices so that old people might get the chance to come and talk to a doctor that they know in the area they live in favour of us putting all the services in a massive new single hospital which would be harder for them to get to that's the vibe i was getting and i talked to a public health advisor who does a lot of work with people um, with uh, cancer or the elderly to say that home health program is being phased out yeah that will not be uh budgeted for in i think some three to five years uh that there will then be the home visit in the dignified end of life phase. That will be something people go through at home with their families, or they will have to go to the facilities provided. Really? Um, which, I mean, going back to our role as participating in the society we're in, is that a, is that something we're okay with? Um, do we have a choice in it? Are they pre-decided? Um, the logical result at least here is not as yet something as extreme as what we're seeing in Hong Kong or the Far East or other extremely dense urban populations but there is that inhuman aspect to this which is uh, it's undignified Yeah, and human beings every human being deserves dignity but that clearly is not the case. No. Um, how how do we take this forward as a as a topic or something that we are able to engage with? What are you gonna What are you gonna do about it, or what are you gonna take away from having brought it up? I just want to address it. Mm. So, like, you didn't know this was going yeah, on. Exactly. I mean, uh, and. That, at a point I didn't know mm. that this was going on. Be grateful for what you have and know that there's people that would do whatever they could to be in your place. Mm. Don't take anything for granted and do research about what's going on in the world. Mm. And that refers back to one of our previous conversations about check sources, cross-reference, research. Yeah. Try and find one when I was talking about the magazines, like The Funambulist, uh, which is independently curated and edited. Uh, th there are sources of information that can discuss topics where there is not... Uh, uh, a political agenda yeah. to the material that one is researching or reading. So I think that's also very important to try and select some sources and read them and look at them and try and compile uh, some sort of an opinion uh, yeah. across them. Um, because that is, of course, such a tricky thing of us as interested people with the time and the care to be interested not just us a lot of people 
all over the world that desire to be engaged is often met with material that is uh it's got a it's got a it's got an agenda yeah it, it is very quickly made to propaganda um so i'm going to put this certainly into the other things to do with the east and uh, hong kong which i've been currently um uh reading about or seeing um and i thank you for airing that um can you possibly have a crack at um saying how that is uh how we can gauge that on in our humble little podcast situation um how do we how do we put a mark on that there's probably a lot of people living like this and we can't help all of them mm. but i think it's important like i said to be informed mm. and know that this is actually going on mm. i would have to put a score for no, but I think it's in, I think it's important because I, I mean, if it helps to lighten this up, and also with anybody that's listening, the whole point of bringing this up in the context of our discussions is to get suggest, it out there. Yeah, get it out there and suggest engaging with a topic. So just because we call it a score or a point or a whatever, I think it's 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 a a way to raise awareness at least with each other and with anybody listening of things that we didn't know about or things to a degree which we had not thought about them yeah so this is a poignant relevant topic uh which we can be more informed about yeah um it has a particular angle to it from a particular place with a set of examples um but i think it has a knock-on effect of Quality of life, dignity, poverty, um, urban It, it just shows how far the population has come mm. with like the overpopulation mm. in this world mm. when people have to be living like that. Mm. So um, I would have to say that you should do research about what's going on. I'm like lost for words right now. Yeah, but it was heavy, for sure. Yeah. And I think this is an interesting one. We've we've sort of somehow got on top of or into a topic that is disarming. Yeah. It's shocking. It's surprising. We can engage with it to a degree, but it takes a lot more. It's nothing we can do about it from where we're sitting right now other than develop our awareness yeah and inform others yeah that this is actually going on so we will just have to put some youtube links mm. in the show notes and some articles about it and you can read more about it mm. if you find this kind of interesting mm. if that's the right word for it mm. and yeah i would rate this at a nine mm. 
but I want to um, I just I don't want to just leave a number for it either mm. I'm going to say similar sentiments and I'm going to just say in the relation of this situation I'm going to put an 8 on it yeah. I think it's hugely relevant I think it warrants more research you've heightened my awareness I am aware of the situation I'm also aware of my lack of knowledge around it but it does add into some of other factors as I said that I've been aware of about uh, that was like four awares in one sentence um, saying about things in the Far East and the, the 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 issues which seem to be bubbling up there, let alone uh, public protest, curtailment of personal rights, and adding to that living situations, extreme poverty, etc., etc. So, I think we can definitely conclude with how important this specific example is to help further learning. Um. And thanks for bringing it up because that was, I I like the fact that you just hopped onto it. Um, yeah, I just wanted to yourself uh, to kind of bring that up. Yeah, I just wanted to bring it up, and because it's it's sad to know that this is actually going on, but I also think it's important to inform. Well, I think, I mean, that I'm, I'm going to use this as a bit of a way to transition into my topic, which I think is what I'm going to choose for today. And that is, there is, there's no point sort of almost being disarmed by a difficult or unknown topic or area that one comes into contact with. Um it's it's not something we can be sort of apologetic for if there's things that one doesn't know about yeah um but i also think that there is some degree of self-awareness with what we are as human beings and what we carry around with us that we do know I mean, not too deep below our everyday to day thoughts, that there are extreme injustices being carried out, terrible human living situations, uh, persecutions of all types of people and ages of people. And that is happening all the time. All the time. Without that, yeah. us being even aware of it. And I think therein lies one of the points here, mm -hmm. is that without our being aware of it, I think we have a automatic sense of almost guilt of like, oh, I should have already known, or I, I can't do anything, or I, um, I don't feel, um, I can understand it. Just engaging with the topic and being stable and sort of strong enough to try and engage and and research a little or look or think is going to be a, a, a valuable 
part of your part of living that, as you said on a previous occasion, will make you a, I don't know, a, a, a more... Uh, humble person? Humble? Yeah, that's kind of what I was aiming for, a humble person in the situation you're living in. Um, and that's where I'm going to kind of lead a little bit into a topic that does touch us specifically, but also affects everybody. Um, but I'm interested maybe to just discuss it a little bit um, as to how we tackle it, because it's certainly something we are either aware of or in contact with, and that is stress. Um, and leading on from what you said um, about that, being humble and being a member of society where you can be doing what you feel is good and right. Um, I also feel that I don't think that contains roots of stress necessarily. I think a lot of the causes and roots of stress that a lot of people are carrying around have to do with almost concealing or holding down what might be those more honest thoughts or concerns and i th- i don't know i think our general everyday work life balance situations that's what's stressing us out yeah. us out yeah and i think it i think it they actually are like glass houses for stress yeah 100% and by bringing up topics like the cage city mm. that will probably kind of mm, put yourself in another or put your that will help put your life in perspective thinking why am I stressing about work or not being able to whatever mm. that will like I said be more humble if you're more humble you don't have you don't find it so easy to stress over mm. stupid stuff mm. or simple stuff and uh, and I I absolutely agree. The thing that can that I'm aware of, perhaps in that dynamic, is I I I think we actually need to exercise, like training, uh, like going to the gym or training. There is that kind of idea of mental exercise. I think, judging by the general consumption of of pop media and pop culture and you could look at that as way general news channels kind of water down the severity of situations like this is happening here that's happening there don't panic everybody it's bad but it's under control yeah it's not under control it's way worse than this switch the news off there is a a, 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 uh uh 
spectrum of horror that is in the human experience happening around the world which is tragic and it's beyond your control the ability to look at that and engage with it but also like you said to then turn back to what is one's everyday life and feel oh I'm I'm kind of playing devil's advocate with your point here and say oh well at least I'm not like that at least I'm not living in a cage yeah it's not quite that simple I think we actually have to learn to be able to think around these things more tactically and um, more articulately in order to think about them and research them without it actually adding to our personal stress. Yeah. Because as you rightly say, perhaps it's a hundreds of thousands of miles away. What can we do about it? Well, we can actually feel like we've done a good worthwhile thing with 10 minutes or a half an hour by engaging with that topic. We've actually spent some time thinking about something instead of distracting. Or just ignore it. Or just ignoring it. I mean, you can't know about everything. No. Good, bad, or indifferent. Of course. Um, but I, 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 I am obviously concerned by... And I'm going to kind of put this into a work infrastructure for people doing any job, I think in any situation, more likely in a work structure where there are needs to be fulfilled, goals, targets, uh, specific uh, duties, um, or... Uh, business expansion or development which are going to require um, quotas of work to be done yeah. these are not human factors these are lists or numbers but the person at the end of that chain who's going to have to do it will have to interpret try and understand carry those things out either on their own or as a team and I think the possibility for stress both at one end maybe in a managerial sense and the other end in a employee sense is huge because either you're giving from you tasks that you know are impossible and you'll have to choose not to get stressed out about how people might deal with them or you are receiving tasks that are unachievable or you don't even understand and you'll feel I have to figure all this out before four o'clock and that will stress you out that will stress you out understandably yeah so I don't know what to um, offer as as a, a way to take the topic forward I mean, in your working life, I mean, and you can please elaborate a little on what your you would say your working life is, but do you uh, experience stress? Yeah. Can I ask how? 
when I take on too many projects and there's setbacks with either something not working like lift stopped working and there's a customer calling and they want their windows clean until a certain date or a pressure washer is not working or there's always something that will set me back from the plan I have thought about and then I start thinking about oh I should be doing this and I shouldn't be set back from this and that so that can stress me out mm-hmm. but when I sit down and gather my thoughts it shouldn't stress me out because it's it's just not necessary mm. it's unnecessary stress stressary it's unnecessary uh hashtag unnecessary hashtag unnecessary patent pending you, uh, uh, thank you um i think it's interesting because someone might look at what you do and say oh he does what he wants when he wants he can do that job there and that job there and no it's no. not like that no right so but at least from the perspective of like an artist not like an artist as an artist yeah you have deadlines as well there's deadlines and things you have to there's also this odd dynamic that people see the lack of an imposed structure from an employer as a freedom when for artists or creative people it's or self it's the opposite because you will give yourself yeah but self-employed people as well yeah will have this you will impose structure you are naturally a person who wishes to impose structure on a period of time or a situation you don't need someone else to do it for you no so my stress factors will come from where I have imposed a structure for myself and I will have to interpret an imposed structure in a work environment. Yeah. And I will have to somehow make the two of those work accordingly. Uh, accordingly. Um, which that is tough. One thing that I'm... I do wonder about putting it in context with our previous topic and some of the topics we talked before about on Two Fuchs, the, the the bigger picture. Yeah. I would really like to think that something that helps relieve stress, it it's a factor for me, for any of our listeners. I wonder what they have that helps them. A hobby can help you tackle stress better. And I think a hobby fits into the the thing that I will present. And it's the idea of there is something bigger. Yeah. Your your experiencing of uh, life is is something bigger than what that stressful factor 
uh, causes. Yeah. Um, I'm very aware that if it comes down to financial factors which are causing stress, there's not going to be any way to get around that. Uh, those are going to be realities. Um, but it almost feels like the blame there is a lot of the situations that get one into financial troubles or difficulties, which often are out of our control. Yeah. Um, with mortgages or repayments or borrowings or debts or Oof. unexpected. Yeah, but this is unexpected bills that come out of nowhere when you'd budgeted right. Yeah. And then something comes and knocks the feet from under your month. And then you don't have an emergency fund where you can stay out of that trap. Yeah. So I think that that, um, and and these are going to be stress factors. I would like to think that prior to those things happening, we can prioritize, as you said, the hobby the appreciation of the simpler things, the focus on what our life gives us outside of those strictures. And Uh, how lucky are we to live where we are living? hmm. Oh, this is, I think this is a big, uh, a big topic and maybe one that in the Western world, I know that some people, uh, carry this as well in 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 europe and western europe is a sense of guilt as well that we as developed countries have essentially in our comfort and and uh what is it um ratings of living standard or whatever but we're still one of the most stressed people. Yeah. Well, this is kind of what I mean. Those factors inadvertently, because they take one out of the supposed harder physical environmental ways of living a life, the comfort or the stable work home urban life balance suddenly brings up all of these things that as human beings are imposed and not actually that normal for our varying states of mind and then suddenly comes the stress stress and then instead of our our physical our outer life being threatened through bad living conditions or uh inability to afford our bills or our place to live to look after it um, or a work or a job or or whatever then the 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 mental part of our lives begins attacking itself begins pressuring itself putting itself into sections and essentially will attack life from the other end yeah uh which 
it's it's an equal reality it's an equal threat um and it's 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 something very real that we are living with um so by bringing up the idea of stress or the topic of stress to care about I think if we can discuss it and we can potter through and say, yep, but okay, I have a hobby, I have a way of dealing with this, great. The person sat across from you might not. No. The person you're working with, your colleague, might not. Um, he might just be stressed all the time because mm. he doesn't have anything to use stress. Mm. And I think this has, I have a bit of a contrary nature here because I sometimes, when I'm, I'm conscious when I see people who look benignly comfortable and happy and content with everything, that almost agitates me as well. They're stressed. Well, then that even gets me even more concerned because if you can be stressed and look that disinterested or disengaged and... Ticking bomb. Yeah, ticking bomb. That that's almost more alarming, more concerning, yeah. Um, and this maybe comes back to another one of your previous topics of standing out in the crowd. You have to allow yourself, as you are developing as a person, the ways to get that stress out. I remember in work years ago when I could feel it all building up, I just start to do a little dance or sing a little song, and you kind of vent it, um, yeah, in a way that kind of enables you to keep moving. Yeah. Keep going. So use your hobbies. Speak with the people around you. Try and look and listen and try and relieve stress in yourself and uh, your your friends and family uh, before it happens, maybe. Uh, before you get burned out. Yeah, because it's, uh, it's a lot harder to undo the damage once it starts to impact it's uh, not like breaking a leg or or anything like that no the and i think that's what comes from a fr- definitely a bit of frustration when i sort of I do actively have to work quite hard on my frame of mind and balancing the living experience and identify and removing stress from my life then you feel often so helpless when you see someone else struggling have you been really stressed out uh in my life have i ever been yeah oh yeah yeah there's been i mean a a very specific i mean two or three proper meltdowns from stress um and it's been because the accumulating factors have become overwhelming yeah um so i think i have concluded that the only way to meet whatever unknowns will come is to strengthen my own way of going about living yeah um i can't learn to deal with the outside stuff because i don't know what it'll be but the inside stuff yeah i can work on and try and understand better me yeah Uh, because that's all that in the long run is going to be important know your own limits yeah Yeah. Uh, it's only my life 
what did you say? You commented on a picture of me, picture of me scratching my chin, and you said, "Contemplating life." And life I is said, contemplating I think life you. Life is contemplating me. Yeah, I, uh, I am an expression of life, and that perspective helps me greatly. Um, I'm a part of all of this, but that's easier said than done when you're going through a stressful time uh, for any reason. So, anybody out there with stress? We hope that there are ways that you will suddenly think of which will relieve that some way. Um, and if you're not stressed, good on do you. those things anyway. Yeah. Because that's probably why. <laughs> <laughs> don't stop doing it because you don't feel stressed. Yeah, right. Um, how do we rate stress? How, I mean, do we, do we say, hey, stress, get Hoo-hoo. out of here. Sling your hook, uh, or do we rate it highly as a flashing one? It doesn't help saying, "Oh no, no I'm stressed. <laughs> I've got stressed." I mean, it needs to be handled as calmly as possible, ironically. Yeah. Um, be aware of it, but don't don't let it get. On top of you. Yeah. Like a big bear. Bear of stress. (laughs) I wonder if bears get stressed. They seem... Look for the... Bear necessities. The simple bear necessities. Forget about your worries and your strife. Yeah. Stress. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Yeah, good point. Yeah. Um... Everything will experience frustration with not being able to develop in the way it feels or not being able to control the situation. But I think all the rest of the species just go, ah, screw it. Yeah. I'll try tomorrow. We, they have not had imposed upon them by themselves or their surrounding situation the expectation. Animals are living more out of instinct mm. while we are barely living without <laughs> instinct yeah right but we, I mean where's the opportunity to live out of instinct in a urbanized uh, busy everyday life population situation I mean it's impossible yeah you're essentially uh, not robbed of the chance to live out of instinct but you're um What is it? You're... You've you've chosen to not take part of that sitch. No. <laughs> uh, maybe it's like um, maybe that's why again the hobby or the pursuit thing is so crucial. Yeah. To vent it. Having said that, when I wrote in a draft of my upcoming book, which will come out, <coughs> no idea. Um, the to flip your perspective on what you do often can help quite a lot and the stressful situation at work and then you deal with that by going skydiving or base jumping if you can see the stress inherent in what you do as a challenge or something a thrill to embrace 
often that's how people who are successful get on top of it because they see that the work environment or the challenge of a situation is to be embraced and i think i wrote uh, the everyday the everyday is a thrill seeker's dream if we only knew how to use it interesting um Because if we find calm in our personal time, then we can find challenge and excitement and thrill and contrast in our everyday working lives. Yeah. But it is very hard not to get caught up in the expectations of, uh, of other people or ourselves in that. So, I don't know. I think it's w- very important to be aware of uh, it's, Yeah. the presence or lack of stress. If it isn't there, you're doing something right. Um, well done keep doing what you're doing Um, if it is there address it and try to do something about it yeah I I think that's a very good point you you really don't address it yeah you can't just let it you, you can't think you can just work your way through it or just overlook it Mm. it won't go away by itself wise words mr marius wise topic do we rate it we're gonna have to rate it we have to rate it put a rate on the great mate i'm gonna say eight I was thinking A2. It's important, but... Don't be too obsessed about yeah. it. Yeah. So that gives a nice round equal eight from the two of us. Um, what, at this point, would be your... Value item Ooh. of the episode? Ooh. Oh, didn't see that coming, did you? Ooh. A hammock. <laughs> you did see it coming Boom. and you were swinging Boom. happily in the wind. A hammock. Hammock. Nice. Get a hammock. Find two trees or <laughs> whatever. Fooks. Two fooks. To swing the ask, ask them if they can hold the um, rope for you. Fine to do in that situation. Not yeah. in other situations. Yeah. <laughs> Get a hammock. Swing away. Laying it. That's nice. Look up. In the sky. Oh, it's I have I would say my life has lacked hammocking. For sure. I have not hammocked enough. One cannot hammock too much. <laughs> or something. Or something that as a wise man once said. Yeah. One cannot hammock too much. My son. <laughs> my son. My son. Daniel son. Um, I am going to insert a uh, bonus experience. Ooh. Oh, in this moment, which is not my added value item, but your backpack. In the scheme of a uh, generous exchange of nice things, I brought something for you today. It's a gift. And in the theme of lovely, tasty things, which are also hot, it's something lovely and tasty, which is hot. Close your eyes. Put your hands out. Come on, hands out, hands out, hands out, hands out. 
Oh, I'm putting something in your hands. It's still without looking. It's a can. Yeah. A tin can. Yeah. With a plastic lid on yeah. it. Yeah. Should I open my eyes? Yeah. I'm so scared. <laughs> Nuri wasabi coated peanuts. Yeah. That's spicy nuts. Kuka peanut Nuri was. Oh, it's the um, seaweed thingy on it. It's it's that and wasabi. Wasabi. Yeah. So that is another delicious item from the ever excellent green peas on Lockerbayan, which is a super good place. What's my value item uh, this week? I tell you what my value item is. Uh, having spent a lot of time, obviously, focusing on reading of magazines and educating myself in the best way I can see fit in my life situation, um, I've also stumbled upon um, some great YouTube resources. Um, one which is called Perspectiva. Um, some great long uh, interviews, discussions. No nonsense, kind of like an episode of Two Fooks, uh, just filmed uh, between... Which uh, will be... It will come. It will come. Filmed eventually. It will come. When we reach episode 30. <laughs> Interesting. Yeah. Uh, Five. 35. <laughs> or 30. We'll when see. you're 35. Yeah. So, a long time. Long time. Um, but yeah, treating... Um, there's always the risk of uh, digital time, feeling like it's not time well spent, because there's the uh, distraction factor. But I think with uh, a good interview, a good long talk uh, filmed uh, and edited, not in a fancy way, I think you can really engage with some good topics... Um, some excellent talks from Jordan Peterson and Lena Anderson, the, uh, the Danish. writer, Danish writer. Yeah. Um, uh, Ian McGilchrist, uh, pre- uh, a former psychologist who wrote a book called the, uh, the master and the emissary about how the brain works in the right and left hemispheres. And all of these are like about a half hour, nicely filmed and you can sit, you can engage engage your ability to think in relation to that discussion um it's not fancy it's just good solid like reading section of a book fact-based fact-based yeah fact-based fook based viewing yeah yeah so that's what i'm gonna give so thank you thank you oh for the nuts oh you're most welcome for the ah. nuts i'm glad you like the nuts i uh, like your nuts um and yeah that concludes this trip around the houses of fook village Mm -hmm. uh, where we've uh, cycled around on our two-man bike and waved at all the uh, residents of uh, fook town welterbetter or whoever they are penny farthing uh on our penny farthing um and uh we're just gonna ride on out of town down to the lake Put up a hammock and swing away until next time. Eat nori. Eat some nori wasabi, wasabi nuts. nuts. And uh, as w- our parting gift, written on the back of our little bicycle, is written Instagram two fooks 
Facebook, two Fuchs with three O's, and info at twofooks.com. Ooh, we got it right. For anybody who wants to write an email. Ooh. Um, thank you, Marius. Thank you, Al. See thank you, your listeners, time. for taking your time to listen to our voices. <laughs> <laughs>